HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Springer Mountain Farms Chicken. No antibiotics, herbicides, or pesticides. Just pure chicken, humanely raised on a vegetarian diet. It's the natural choice of celebrated chefs. For more information, visit m.springermountainfarms.com. Hey, and thanks for joining Heritage Radio Network on tour. Yeah. We are your hosts. I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler. Jack Inslee right here to Katie's left. Today we are on location in Nashville, Tennessee with Chef Sal Avila at Prima. Yeah, first first day in Nashville for us. Well, we got here last night, yep. to be clear. Um, but love, love in Nashville so far. We're at Prima. This dining room is really beautiful. Like big, big glass windows everywhere. Tons of natural light. Very, uh, as we learn, fo- photo friendly. Yes. Fun. Yeah. This <laughs> radio <laughs> show. There's an incredible, huge fiber optic lighting fixture, sculpture in yeah. the middle of the dining room that is a major focal point. Truth. Really beautiful. And we just had a hell of a meal here, too, full disclosure. Um, really, really delicious. But we'll get to all that. Katie, who are we talking to today? Uh, so I'm really, really pleased to introduce Chef Sal Avila. He's originally from Columbia, Tennessee, and he's worked at a number of restaurants in Nashville, including as sous chef to Tandy Wilson at City House. And he's been experienced in kitchens from New York to California. At only 33, he opened Prima as executive chef in 2014 to rave reviews. Eater calls Prima an essential Nashville restaurant, and they've made wine enthusiasts lists of America's 100 best wine restaurants for two years in a row. Sal, thank you so much for having us here today. Oh, thank you for coming. Yeah, this is awesome, man. Um, we're going to start the interview off with a little rapid fire. These are like a series of questions we're asking everybody. Should I put my apron back on? What's that? Do I need to put my apron back on? Or? <laughs> You're back on the line. Okay. No, uh, we, we did forget to mention that uh, Sal's got a Takate with him, which immediately makes him awesome. Um, no lime, no salt, <laughs> no training wheels. So, so first question we're asking everybody, literally, what is the last great bite that you put into your mouth? Uh, hmm. This is an internet show, right? It is. Uh, so, I can, so you can. I was going to yeah. say something about my girlfriend, but uh, <laughs> it's probably going to be uh, these ricotta dumplings that we have on the tasting menu okay. right now. Uh, it's just simply it's ricotta, parmesan, and black pepper folded in semolina. And then they sit in the assembly for two days, and then we base them in brown butter. And it's just its so simple and crispy on the outside and super oozy on the inside. It's, uh, it's very delicious. Great answer. For us, um, 
obviously the last great bite we had was the food we ate here, but we did, first thing we did was uh, Prince's hot chicken last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Extra you see hot. our bathrooms yet? They're yes. really nice, just yeah. in case you... Yeah. It's wonderful, actually. Just in case you need a uh, stop. There's nice art in there. Yeah, it's well. very nice art. <laughs> we got four bathrooms. Oh, bathrooms yes. Um, all right, second rapid-fire question, and you got to be honest. What is in your home refrigerator as we speak? Oh, see, I'm, it's tough because we're about to start. I have to start the whole 30 diet here in a couple days. Oh, wow. Because I feel like I'm 72, even though she just said I'm 35. Uh, so right now we have LaCroix. We have passion fruit, mango, and uh, uh, grapefruit. A variety. Water. We have several kinds of hummus that I got to throw away tomorrow. I probably have condiments, hot sauce, and some cilantro that has been there since 2012 probably. So <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, that's us yeah, too. That's we, we have that cilantro yeah. at home too. It's nice. It's a good garnish. Um, all right, next next question here. This will be a fun one. Your favorite childhood meal, like what comes to mind? Oh, my mom's up? enchiladas, without a doubt. Um, she's a pretty amazing cook, but she just always, my favorite ones were just shredded chicken, um, cheese. She had like that really terrible American, like Mexican blend. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like Kraft makes it's like, it's probably all plastic. Yeah. Uh, it's probably why it I'm going to well. get cancer in a couple of years because we <laughs> ate so much of this shit cheese. But um, I would wake up every morning on Sunday. It was usually on a Sunday. I'd wake up thinking I was getting gassed. Like I couldn't breathe. And I'm like, run to the kitchen, coughing, like I've been smoking for 70 years. And my mom's in there like, oh, good morning, you know, how are you? All happy. And I'm like, I can't breathe. She's got chilies in the oven just roasting away. And and then she makes the sauce, enchilada sauce. And then I help her grate the cheese, pull the chicken, roll the little uh, taquitos. And then we put them in a row, bake them. And that was kind of my, my first experience in the kitchen, too. Wow. Grating cheese, pulling chicken, and making enchiladas. Would that also be like your last meal, if you had to have a last Absolutely. meal? Absolutely. Yeah, and the Tennessean did a thing, like a chef, chef de jour, a couple years ago, and they asked my last meal was with enchiladas, something from City House, something from Crema, and that was about it. Awesome. Yeah. All right, last rapid-fire question. Um, as we speak, what's, like, the proudest piece of produce uh, you have going in the restaurant right now? Proudest? Uh-huh. Like, what are you uh, most proud of? Uh, actually, it's, it's, nothing that, uh, it's nothing special. They're just, like, the shit pepperoncinis you get from Restaurant Depot, but we're, t- we're taking them and we're burning them on a grill. And we take the stem off and then we puree them. I make a vinaigrette out of that. So it's, you know, pickled pepperoncinis, but we burn them and, and turn them into vinaigrette. And right now it's, I'm doing it with a lot of like grilled green beans and uh, we do like raw turnips. Um, just, it's, it's a really cool little burning peppers is kind of like our thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. We, we also had a, a hot, a hot sauce here. I want to mention, uh, maybe you could tell, what, what was the hot sauce you brought us? What was it called? Well, I bought you four. You did. Um, we'll start from the least spicy would be the salsa quemada which is like the burnt avocados and tomatillos like raw onions and stuff uh really good right that's on our actually one of our dishes for our dinner menu with the chorizo and we got a sepia braise that goes on the bottom of that and uh the second one would probably be the peanuts and guajillo chili salsa um we do that one with uh family it's just for family meals so we just have those around for for us um and then we had uh the tennessee rain which is Kind of a long story, but it's uh, Martin's Barbecue. They have a, a uh, whole hog barbecue sauce that they call uh, Beetro 12. Uh, they've recently changed it to Jack's Creek. And uh, I take all the, what we call the Beetro 12 poop, which is all the stuff you strain out of the barbecue sauce, and we ferment that and puree it, add some more vinegar, and make our own little kind of Tabasco-style um, sweet Tennessee rain. And then we have, uh, can I say it on the radio? Yeah. All right, I've always wanted to say this, the devil's dick. 
because it's just pure fire. I mean, Prince is, it doesn't stand a chance. It's like Prince is extra hot. This is what this is on yeah. steroids. Yeah. I was just getting over Prince is extra hot, yeah. and then I had a taste you taste of it? that, and it like... Did you lick the tip? Yeah, I did. That's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. With that, Jack, I don't think you're ever getting over Prince is extra hot. No, 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 no. Did you cry? Did your eyeball sweat? A little bit. You get that like right above your eyeball? Yeah, your yeah a little bit. Yeah. Like yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our rapid fire segment. We have to take a quick break. Please stay with us. Yeah, we'll be right back. This episode was brought to you by Springer Mountain Farms Chicken. For almost 50 years, Springer has been family owned and family run. Today, there are over 300 family farmers raising birds in Georgia's Blue Ridge Mountains. Many of them are second, even third generation. They're committed to doing things the right way. Springer was one of the first poultry companies to forego the use of antibiotics, and they've embraced other humane practices too. In fact, they were the first poultry company to earn the American Humane Association's seal of approval. Springer has also led the way in testing for and eliminating all herbicides and pesticides from the chicken's feed supply. Springer Mountain farmers know what's best for your chicken. We're into that. Better feed, better care for the animals. It just makes sense. From their family's farms to your family's table, Springer Mountain Farms. For more information, visit m.springermountainfarms.com. And we're back. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network on tour, on location in Nashville, Tennessee. And our guest today is Chef Sal Avila of Prima. So I, you, you've kind of um, scolded me a little bit not to call you chef, so I'm going to try to remember to keep calling you Sal. Thank you. Um, can you just say a few words about your vision for Prima? Uh, well, it, we wanted to do something different with a, oh, I'm sorry, with a fine dining restaurant you know everything's super plated you know super artsy fartsy um i wanted to bring in that kind of napa wine country rustic rich uncle feel Mm -hmm. um, where you know you're sitting on a patio and the furniture around you is baller as shit but then you have like a simple grilled fish on the table with some really nice olive oil maybe some like perfect tomatoes on the side and just do something simple like that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're, we're fighting for now because you know, a lot of people come in here, they see the, the sculpture, they see the nice stuff, and they expect that super fine dining, overplated, you know, manipulated food. And, you know, so it's, it's been a struggle. But, you know, a new American food is what we want to do. And I think what that means is I get to do whatever I want, and I hope you like it, you know. I can so. vouch for it. And this morning, I really see your aesthetic. I had an amazing plate of chilaquiles that was not fussy. It yeah. was perfect, so delicious, smoky but chicken. Yeah, you got you got brunch. That's kind of a, that's kind of like the redhead stepchild. You know, yeah. we, <laughs> I got to like really have fun with the brunch menu, and that's why we do chilaquiles. And because I want to eat what I chilaquiles is what I want to eat when I'm hungover. Mm-hmm. You know, and I usually come to work on Sunday hungover. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have all the stuff that you want to eat while you're hungover at work. So it's just better for your food costs to have it on the menu. Sure. Hangover food, you know? Sure. Um, and obviously your Mexican heritage plays into the your menu here very yeah. strongly at Prima, but you seem to have a lot of other international influences as well. And also, you know, being in Nashville, you have the Southern food influence and, um, you know, you're taking, like, the kind of hot chicken culture and doing something, 
different with it. So can you talk a little bit about your other influences and, and how specifically are you playing with chicken in your restaurant that's something a little different for Nashville? Yeah, so as far as my influence goes, you know, I was, well, my, my career has been strong Italian, like very Italian, North African, Spanish, and French, so Mediterranean as a whole. Uh, and then I moved to Tennessee, and that's when I started getting my roots in, the, in southern food. But mainly southern ingredients, not not so much like cornbread and and grits and things like that, but more of like the southern ingredient. How can I use that in my classical training in Italian food and do something that I want to kind of play with to figure out who I am? You know, because I still I still don't know shit. Uh, I'm only 35, so. Um, but as far as chicken goes, um, here we started doing just grilled chicken, and it was really good. And then Francis Mullman came into my life and showed me how showed me how to cook chicken on a string, and I kind of fell in love with putting stuff on a string, and to be able to smoke chicken like that with no, no contact of, to anything, it's just it just floats there and sitting in smoke for three hours. It gets super tender and smoky, um, and it stays juicy forever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, and then to put the Nashville spin on it, we. Probably the the thing I made most in California was uh, salsa ribiata. And it's just like a classic um, Italian spicy pasta sauce. Mm-hmm. Peppers, uh, tomatoes, you know. And so what I did was take all the peppers we have seasonally, plus all the pickled peppers I've had from, the, from last year, all the, you know, Calabrian chilies, the dried chilies. You know, we pretty much put every chili we have. You know, we balance it pretty pretty well, I think. And... Um, make that sauce that we, we smoke some stuff we burn some stuff um, but we cook it in the, the angry style where I usually put on some shitty music maybe like Taylor Swift <laughs> to put me in a really bad mood and then I <laughs> turn the pan on way too hot and then I just start cooking and then I get way too busy I spread myself really thin burn the sauce so it like, pisses me off even more and then I just build the flavors that way and it usually turns out pretty damn awesome all intentional, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but you got to kind of make it unintentional, you know. It's, it's really it's a tricky thing, and I, and you know, and I think that's what makes it so so beautiful. You yeah, know? well, absolutely. That salsa came out of this morning was really something special. Yeah, and see this strong Francis Malman influence, but I think you really made that your own. And yeah, thank you. It was so fresh. Well, the, the chicken and the chilaquiles is actually the leftover chicken on a string nice. from last night. Yeah. So whatever we don't use last night, we just pull that, and that's why it's so smoky and tender and yeah. still juicy. So I think it's safe to say that I won breakfast this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one thing. Um, describe the chicken in a string setup like that you have in the kitchen. Try to like for, for radio okay, listeners, so, you know. So if you can imagine just any normal commercial kitchen, we have the hood system. Uh, we have an eight-foot wide hood over our charboil or our wood-burning grill. Um, I bought a sh- uh, closet rod from Home Depot, stainless steel, and that hangs about at... I want to say I'm six foot, six foot two on the radio. Uh, <laughs> so about seven two, it hangs the rod. And so we we just take regular butcher's twine, about two feet, about a foot over the grill, um, with a nice medium fire, and um, the chicken is trussed in a way where we can spin it in any direction. And we use um, the hangers that our linen companies throw away. We cut those into little pieces to make hooks out of them. Um, and we just kind of hang it. And we start, always start on the back first. So we hang breast side up 
and kind of heat the chicken gently through the back so you're not really overcooking anything. Mm -hmm. And then the last probably 30 minutes, we flip it over onto the breast and really and caramelize that skin and, and try to render the skin as much as possible so when we finish it, it, is, it has some texture to it and it's not that gelatinous, gross, grandma, boiled chicken stuff. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. ready to do it on your own? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in your LinkedIn profile, Sal, you say that going to culinary school doesn't make you a chef, and that you'll know when you're a chef. Yeah. With all the success that you're having at Prima, would you say now that you are, in fact, a chef? Uh, no, because the, the little things still bother me. You know, uh, there's still, there's, I still have those moments where I panic and and don't realize I know the answer. I think when you become a chef, it's when anything happens and you're just like, huh, all right, fuck it, let's do it. And now if you look at Thomas Keller and Daniel Balud and those, those, like, those guys that are like the monumental chefs and you just see the way they walk, their, their swag, that's, that's what makes you a chef. Um, the fact that you can just walk into a kitchen and see a steak 20 feet away and be like, oh, it's overcooked. You know, it's like, how do you know that? Superhero. Superhero, chef. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it, you know, I've always tell people, like, it's n people nowadays, because the chef thing is so big that people use the word chef, like, 14-year-olds use the word love. You know, just because of this, this feeling inside, I, I love you so much, it's never going to go away, you know. No, you don't, you don't know shit, you know. Uh, but to be a chef, I mean, it takes a lot more than a degree, especially a one-year associate's degree from some shit school with retired cooks, you know, it's... It's so hard to, to be a chef, to, to know how to fix a refrigerator, you know, watch your food costs, um, adjust your schedule on the fly, please your GM, stroke your, your owner. You know, it's just so many things that could yeah. really destroy your, your insides, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it's a struggle every day to, to come to work and be like, yeah, I'm here. I'm going to do this 100 percent, you know. To do that every day is a struggle. So to be like to be called a chef, I think, is when you walk in every day, no struggle ever again. Yeah. Because you know you have the people around you that could do it. You know. Well, I think it's safe to say you're well on your way. I appreciate too that level of humility and honesty that you really bring. Well, thank um, you. But I really have to commend you that at such a young age you are really uh, having incredible success here and been just absolutely celebrated in the media the local and national media so i think that's been really cool for you i think it's just affirmative action at work you know oh, for every yeah, no. three <laughs> gringos i need to add a latino in there so no. um all right i gotta ask you one question based on some media coverage that i saw uh, there's a profile of you in the tennessean and you've had a lot of experience in restaurants in the u.s from coast to coast mm -hmm. and there is a hint in there that you were coast hopping because you were following love from coast to coast, yep. and then you wound up returning home. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of that story with us. All right, so uh, this is when I first started cooking. I was in California, and the girl I was seeing at the time was, she had some, uh, some psoriasis. And her, her doctor, after all the treatments we tried, or she tried, um, was like, you know, you could really do good with a lot of salt water and sun. Fucking Hawaii. Let's go to Hawaii. I mean, we're <laughs> surrounded by salt water and sun. So we, we did that, and um, it was really hard for me to find a job out there because the turnover is so low because nobody mm -hmm. leaves. And there wasn't really the kind of food I wanted to cook. I didn't research it that well. I just thought, I mean, I, you know, my ego was a lot bigger back then because I was 21. But, you know, 
it was hard to find a job, so I started doing uh, home theater work, and um, that didn't, I didn't last very long in, in Hawaii. Like six months, and I got island fever, and I, I had to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, went back to California, um, with, got with a different girl, and then broke my heart again, and then, <laughs> uh, well, I broke her heart, or I don't remember what happened. <laughs> we were drunk the whole time. Um, so then I came back to Nashville um, in 2007. Yeah. And that's where I met Tandy Wilson in City House, and um, I think that's when my life started to change for the better. Because after five months at City House, uh, an old fling sparked back in California, and it just so happened that my probably the biggest influence in my life, Robert Holt, uh, who I worked for for about four years, um, called me up and wanted to open a restaurant with me. I was like, "All right, well, this is all working out pretty pretty awesome." You know, everything was lining up, so why why not? Uh, we opened Marzano in Oakland in uh, two, 2007, and uh, it was a big hit. We, we killed it. Um, kind of had a little issues with alcohol and, and uh, medical marijuana. Um, no, I didn't have a card. My friends got it all for me. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, and then my, my nephews here in Tennessee started to grow up and get bigger, and they needed a, a positive influence in their life, you know, so... I decided to come back home, uh, clean up, and you know, go back to City House and just like really be a family person again. You know, because mm-hmm. I was away from my whole family for eight years. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, learning how to cook in California, basically. So I figured I I kind of had the chops, and uh, so I came back to Nashville. Wow. Well, it yeah. seems like it all really worked out for you in the end. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there was a stint there where I didn't want to be in Nashville, and I, you know, spent a couple of days in New York cooking, and and that's about it. In, oh, you were in New York? Where were you in New York? Uh, it was just, it was like a kind of one of those vacations where you have no money. So I just go to a restaurant at 6 a.m., knock on the door, and be like, can I cook? Wow. Just for the day, you know? I'm not, I'm not looking for a job. I'm just, I just want to see what it's like cooking in New York. And, and I, honestly, I'm broke. And I would like to have family meal. And I can, you know, I have, I have skills, you know. We'll I, work I for family meal, leg, yeah. So, yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a fun way to meet people. And uh, it's a, I guess, a cheap way to be a tourist. Yeah. For real. Um, awesome, man. We're going to switch gears for a quick little segment. Uh, we are joined by Odetta Hartman, who, as well as taking awesome photos and helping out with all these interviews, is a musician herself. So I'm going to pass the mic over to her for a quick little music segment on this. Shit, please don't make me sing a song. How do you do? Oh, that's a good idea. No, we're not going to put you on the spot, but we cannot ignore the fact that we are here in Nashville, Tennessee, also known as Music City. And while we are focusing on your fabulous food, we do have some questions about who your favorite musicians are. Ooh. I know you mentioned you don't like Taylor Swift. Uh, but no, I don't like Taylor Swift, but yeah. <laughs> I think she's hot, though. Um, so I'm going to go way back. I'm going to go with uh, Sergei Rachmaninoff, who's probably one of my favorites, George Gershwin, and then Frank Sinatra. Um, New people, you know, I'm, it's it's hard for me to get into anything new. Like, uh, so now take a moment and imagine that Rachmaninoff, yeah. Gershwin, and Sinatra are all sitting in one of these amazingly classy booths right here. What would you put on a plate in front of those fine fellows? Uh, a really nice Pappy Van Winkle, uh, some hand rolled cigarettes, uh, and then we probably. I definitely start with some salami. We we're, we're definitely we do a lot of charcuterie here, and I think it's I'm getting pretty good at it. Um, some big pieces of meat, 
And um, I don't know what, what, what do you, uh, depressed Russians like to eat? I mean, boiled potatoes, maybe? <laughs> maybe I'll put some hot sauce on it to show them what life is like. Um, and I don't know, I guess uh, Frank Sinatra, though, I'm, I'm sure he would eat anything I put it in front of me. I'm thinking, like, definitely pasta in front of all blue eyes, you know? Yeah. Smoking in restaurants. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't tell Don't tell the owner, but yeah. We have high ceilings. Nobody will ever know. Well, thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, we're that was wrapping so up here. Um, two little quick things we end with. This is a thing we do on all of our interviews called Big Ups. Basically just giving you a chance to big up somebody uh, in the community that you think is also doing great work, whether it's a chef or really anybody, just somebody you want to give some big ups to. Uh, I'll start with Jennifer Justice. Um, she's a old uh, food writer here in town. Um, she's right for the Tennessean, but she's doing this kind of farm project with refugees from Nepal and all these other third, third world countries. And she brings them here through, um, I forgot the name of 